Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. You're listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning, the show where you gain clarity and understanding about such things as last will and testament, the probate process, trusts, and how not to lose everything you own to the high cost of the nursing home. Now here's your host, Estate Plan Stan. Hey, good day to you. Good day to you on this May the 13th. Hey, you're listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning with your host, Estate Plan Stan. I am Stan Prochowski with Prochowski Estate Law, Prochowski Elder Law, located on the square in beautiful downtown Pulaski, Tennessee. Hey, Bulletproof is the, is the show where we talk about all things estate planning, okay? Bulletproof estate planning. We talk about things like last will and testament, which we talked about a few weeks ago. We talk about the revocable living trust, which we just finished up last week. We talk about special needs. We talk about asset protection trusts, which I'm going to start tonight. And we talk about 10 care planning, you know, pre-planning or crisis planning, the, the kind of planning that helps you keep you from going broke in the nursing home. As always, I encourage questions. So if you have any, um, you know, email me or call me at my office during the, you know, and schedule a 15-minute phone call. Uh, and We'll have a question that way. So call me at 931 363 7222, or you can go to my website, which is estateplanstand.com. You know, my, my website is usually Prochowski Estate Law, but one of my uh, members here, one of the girls, had the ingenious idea to get the domain estateplanstand.com, and that's easy to remember and easy to spell. So go there. It goes to my website. There you can see my calendar when the next seminars are coming up. You can see uh, my phone number, my email, uh, a lot of good reading on there, too. So, uh, 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 call that number or go to my website. Hey, I always like doing this show here on Front Porch Radio, WKOM, which is 101.7 in Columbia, Tennessee. And just for reference, all my episodes are posted as podcasts on the WKOM website. So if you if you like listening to me and you ever miss one or you want to go back and review a topic, hey, it's there for you to do just that. All right, so I'm going to talk about my seminars coming up before as we get started. The next one coming up is pretty soon. It's May the 24th. So it's in about two weeks. Um, that's on a Wednesday. Now, we don't normally do them on Wednesday, but uh, this one happens to be a Wednesday because we were invited to a church venue at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia, Tennessee. So uh, May the 24th, Wednesday at 1 p.m. is the next uh, seminar called Wills, Trust, and the Nursing Home. Again, 405 West 7th Street, Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, I believe the church is the the West 7th Street Church of Christ, uh, their meeting house. So if you want to come to that, call my office again at 931-363-7222 and get on that RSVP list and come and hear some of the stuff that we have to say. All right, now we're going to talk, we're going to shift gears a little bit tonight. I've been doing, you know, we talked about uh, last will and testament. We spent a couple weeks on that. Then we talked about the revocable li- or the probate process, and then we talked about the uh, revocable living trust. We spent a couple of weeks on that. So as we naturally progress, what we're moving into now is asset protection. Okay, so uh, the asset protection trust. 
And I'm going to talk about that. But before I do, I want to tell you about a couple of things that happened this week, which are very positive things here at the Perchowski Estate Law, Perchowski Elder Law. One is one of our 10 care applicants came back eligible. That's always a big day when that happens. Uh, it takes about three months, sometimes four, for 10 care to finally, you know, get through it all and grant eligibility. And they did. And so it's always good to make, you know, we get a couple of the team members on the crisis team on the phone and we make a group call, let the family know that, hey, we've gained eligibility. So uh, that's a big thing because we do a lot of that planning. Now, I'm gonna, that's kind of where we're headed into that sort of planning. But tonight we're going to talk about the, the Asset Protection Trust where you can protect your property, you know, land, money, any kind of property from the long, the high cost of long-term care. I, I sometimes call it how not to go broke in the nursing home, okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do, I want to mention that I reviewed a, some case law. Uh, I always look at other states and our state and look at case law that comes out, decisions that are made to see the favorable things, because some of the other states have similar trust laws and similar 10-care laws as we do. I mean, our, we call it 10 care, but uh, uh, the, the, the state's Medicaid laws, okay? So I look at those, and just to give you some background about what I'm going to spend a minute or two talking about, it's a, it's a decision that was made in a fair hearing. And a fair hearing is, works like this. If you, here in Tennessee, if you apply for 10 care, you know, and we'll get to this, but it's a 16-page application. You fill it out, you send it in, and basically you're asking for 10 care benefits. And if they deny you, if you get a letter that says, okay, we deny you for this reason, whatever the reason, you get denied, you are entitled to appeal the decision. And that appeal is called a fair hearing. And so you go to this fair hearing, and it's with an administrative judge. It's not with a 10-care judge. But there's a 10-care attorney defending the 10-care denial. You're going to argue what they did wrong and what they should have done right and that you should be eligible. And the judge is going to hear both sides, and the judge is going to rule. Well, the case I'm talking about was a fair hearing, but it was out of a different state. It was out of New York. Now, I don't like to compare us with New York for anything, to be honest with you, because I don't think we are at all like. However, they are a uniform trust code state like we are, so their trust laws are relatively similar. And that's what this case was about. This case was where a gentleman filed his 10, is a, uh, the New York Medicaid application. You know, every state has a cute name for it. Ours is 10 care. Up in Massachusetts, they call it Mass Health or something. Out in California, they call it CalMed. Uh, you know, every state has its cute little name for it. Uh, so I don't know what it is in New York, uh, but um, let's just call it New York Medicaid, okay? So he applies for New York Medicaid, sends in his application, and they denied him. And the reason they denied him is because said, they said, you, have, you are over-resourced, which means you have too much money. And they went on to say, you have an irrevocable trust, and that trust has $471,000 in it. Okay, do you get that? That's pushing half a million dollars, okay? $471,000. And they said, well, you are ineligible because you are over-resourced because of the money in this trust. Now, in New York, they have a, an amount of money, amount of countable assets you're allowed to have, and it's a whole lot less than that. It's a little more than we get here in Tennessee, but it's you know, a small amount. But either way, 
They denied because of that. Well, they requested a fair hearing. And that got my attention. And I'll tell you why. Because I write those kind of trusts all the time. And that's what I'm going to start talking about tonight is that asset protection trust that we do. So that got my attention. So I, I read the case. And it was very interesting. That that administrative law judge went, did a real deep dive into this thing. And, uh, you know, uh, here's what happened. Uh, New York Medicaid said all the money in this trust is available to the trustor, the maker of the trust. Uh, it's, it is a countable asset to him. It's available to him for the payment of long-term care. And, of course, the applicant and his attorneys argued, no, it's not. Uh, it's in this trust where we don't have access to the principal, okay? It's, for, it's in a trust for his benefit, but he doesn't have access to it. See, it's a, it's a subtle legal term here. And I'm going to go over that. I'm going to start that asset protection trust. But I just wanted to give you some good news up front. And the bottom line was, after the, the court went through all this, they said, no, uh, New York Medicaid, you are wrong. This is an inappropriate denial. We have analyzed everything you said that where you claim that these are, this is an available asset to him for payment, and it is not available to him. It is not countable. So get this. Get this. I, I've been here and I've done this. This this judge said, we are going to reverse the decision of New York Medicaid, and, and we're going to approve, and we're going to order the New York Medicaid Department to start providing benefits to this gentleman, even though he has $471,000 in this trust. So, bottom line, when I talk about this trust at my seminars or I talk about it with people, uh, it's like, does this really work? Can you put, pro I thought you had to be broke before you could apply for 10 care, right? No, you don't have to be broke. Do millionaires qualify for 10 care? Yes, every day. Now, Here's a situation where we had half a million dollars, and these people protected every penny of it and still qualified for their New York um, Medicaid and got the state to pay the bill, which is what you're required to do. You're, when you go into a long-term care facility, the, you have the burden of transferring the cost to the third-party state. That's what 10 cares for, okay? So... Uh, that was good news, and it caught my attention. It was very legal in nature. Uh, if anybody's a geek like me and wants to read the decision, I, I got a redacted version, but uh, I will gladly forward it to you, and you can take a look. But uh, that was the outcome. And the, the court says this is a very viable planning tool. This is a technique that's allowed under the law. And so if you want to put property in this trust and protect it to keep it from being used for the long-term long term care, the cost of long-term care, this is a viable planning technique, so says the court. So that's good news. Now, and the reason it's good news is because that's what I'm going to talk about. So if you're one of those folks that think, all right, I got a loved one headed for the nursing home, or if you go in the nursing home, you know, Joe across the street, my buddy, told me that, you know, there's just nothing you can do. You're just SOL. They're going to take everything. You can't stop them. It's all gone. You can't use it. It's just You're just going to get cleaned out, and that's it. There's nothing you can do. Well, if you've got that attitude, I hope you have an open mind and you're willing to listen to something other than that because that is not the way it has to be. It can be that way if you use your money to pay them, but you don't have to, okay? All right, so 
we're gonna, what we're going to talk about is this concept of how not to go broke in the nursing home, right? Now, why what? Why do I talk about this topic? This is a good, you know, that's a, that's a good question. Why do I talk about how not to go broke in the nursing home? Well, I, you know, like I tell you every week, I speak at a lot of seminars and I conduct a lot of what we call family vision sessions. And every seminar and every family vision session that I have, the question that always gets asked, the most popular question that I ever get asked by far is, how do I keep the nursing home from getting all my stuff, okay, in one form or another? And that is by far and away the most popular question that I answer. Now, years ago, I embraced this concept because I get the question all the time, right? So many years ago, I embraced this concept, and I did a lot of legwork, a lot of sweat equity, a lot of studying, and it turns out there is a solution to this problem. You can not lose everything you own to the nursing home. And, and now I get, I get your concern. Okay, so let's just back up a little bit. Let's look at the big picture. Here you are working your entire life, right? 40 years, you're working from age 20 to age 60, okay? You know, 40 years plus. You know, you're working, you're, you're raising a family, you're paying your bills, you're socking money away every paycheck, trying to, uh, trying to prepare for retirement, uh, you know, you, you amass a lifetime of wealth, do you not? Now, some more than others, but nonetheless, your lifetime wealth is your lifetime wealth. And it's hard-earned, and you put in your time and you put in your effort to get there. And so the concept is, if I have to go into the nursing home, or my wife or my spouse or a loved one has to go into long-term care, that's pretty expensive. And I don't want to use all this money to pay that. And you don't have to. Now, I, some people tell me, they say, well, if I go into long-term care or the nursing home and rack up a bill, well, I feel an obligation to have to pay that bill. And, you know, usually I respond to that by saying, I think that's magnanimous. And it is. I mean, I, I'm that way too. If I got bills, by golly, I pay them. But the, before you jump to the conclusion that, well, I, I think it's, you know, morally right to pay the nursing home out of your own pocket, uh, before you go down that road too too soon, let me ask this question. Do you owe it? All right, I would contend you do not. Now, why don't you owe it? Because you've been paying for this all your life. You've already paid for it. Every paycheck you've ever taken and every paycheck that's ever gone to your spouse or your kids, the second biggest line item is um, medical care. All right? And you've already paid for this 10 care. Now, here's the thing. Not only have you already paid for it, you have already, you paid for it involuntarily. What do I mean by that? Well, I don't think you called them up or they called you and said, it's okay if we take a 10-care deduction, a Medicaid deduction out of your check every month. And you said, sure, help yourself, have at it. You know, the, the legislature deems it so, and so they take it involuntarily. Now, when they do that to you, when they take, when you involuntarily participate in a program, the benefits of that program bubble up to the level or rise to the level of an entitlement. They don't quite make it to what we call right, but they bubble, they rise up to the level of an entitlement. And that's what the courts have said. They say, you are entitled to these benefits. So the theory is, if I've already paid for them and me or a loved one has to go into the nursing home, 
why do I want to have to pay for it twice? And I say, that's my question exactly. Why pay for it twice? So, you know, just because you're, you're unfortunate enough to have to go into the nursing home doesn't mean you should get cleaned out and lose everything. And that's what we're going to talk about. And there, the, the good news is right up front, there's a solution to this problem. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to go broke in the nursing home. All right. Now, you know, this whole concept of this, uh, how, how not to, you know, how to keep the nursing home from getting everything I own, you know, that's why I'm going to dedicate this show and probably a couple others uh, of these shows to cover this topic. And there's a, there's a bit to this. So, but again, I want to hit this question head on and leave you with a definitive rock solid answer. Okay. And if you haven't given this much thought, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I'm not worried about the nursing home or if you haven't given this much thought, you really ought to. Because if you're anywhere from 50 to, say, 65, um, you know, you're starting to think about this. You're getting to the end of your working career. You're starting to think about your retirement. And you're thinking, uh-oh, what if something happens to me and I have to start paying, you know, i got to pay this astronomical bill. So, anyway, at, you know, at the end of this show or the next couple of shows that we're going to do, you know, there's going to be three main takeaways, okay? There's going to be three main things that I want you to know. Right now... Right now, if you haven't got any planning done, your assets are at risk to the probate process. And we, we talked about that. Right now, your risk, your assets are at risk from your creditors. And the, the creditor we're really talking about is mainly the nursing home, right, or TenCare. Now, the biggest takeaway you're going to get from these, these episodes I'm doing on the Asset Protection Trust is that they don't have to be. They do not have to be. You can protect 100% if you act in a timely manner. You know, it's always difficult to do things at the 11th hour. and that's what we, But at the 11th hour, there's still strategies we can use. But it's always better to do things with a proactive approach or what I call pre-planning, okay? So this is kind of an involved topic. So here's what I want you to do. I want to slow it down, okay? I want to slow it down. I want to cover it with meaning, okay? You know, I know I won't get it all in tonight. Maybe it'll take uh, over the next week or maybe even a third week, but it's worth it. So, you know, if you have any questions, you know, if you want to, you know, send them to me by email, I'll be more than happy to, to take the time to answer those questions. But maybe you want to listen to this next two to three shows on this concept of the uh, Asset Protection Trust. And then if you want to talk about it some more, we're happy to do that. So now if you didn't hear my last couple of shows you might have some difficulty understanding this. So if that's the case, you need to understand the difference between a last will and testament and a trust because the solution to this problem is a trust. So you need to know how a trust works. My uh, episodes here on WKOM are recorded on their website as podcasts with a little description. So you come back there and listen to those topics uh, and review them if you really want to get the most out of what I'm about to say. Just like this one will be kept as a podcast. So they're all preserved for you to go back there and revisit that stuff and listen to them and pause and listen to as much as you want. So, all right, listen, we're coming up on break number one. And uh, I'm going to uh, continue with the Asset Protection Trust when we get back. So uh, stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Are you suffering from knee pain despite trying usual medications and injections? If this is you, I have great news. Most common causes of knee pain are degeneration due to aging, injury, or repeated stress. In our office, we offer decompression for the knee, which increases range of motion and decreases pain in arthritic and degenerative knees. Studies have shown that this type of mechanical traction can be more effective than conventional methods alone. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call mepainfree.com or 615-551-9224. One of our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. Do you want to give back to an individual with disabilities and help change a life? The Guide Dog Foundation and America's Vet Dogs are seeking volunteers to help raise future guide or service dogs. Puppy raisers provide loving homes for puppies until they are old enough to begin formal training. Help raise an adorable pup into a future guide or service dog for a person who is blind, visually impaired, a veteran, or a first responder. Visit puppy.guidedog.org to learn more. That's guidedog.org. Sponsored by the Guide Dog Foundation. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. You're listening to Front Porch Radio, 1017 WKOM, Columbia. Right. Hey, welcome back from the break. Welcome back, and you are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan. And we were talking in the first segment that we were going to get into this concept called the Asset Protection Trust. Actually, the name I give it is called the Income Only 
Asset Protection Trust. And that'll make sense as we go along. But let me lay a little groundwork because you can't just jump into a trust and uh, the understanding we're gonna, it's going to be too big a gap. So I want to lay a little groundwork and I want to talk about this concept of, of Medicare and Medicaid. Okay, everybody's heard of Medicare and you probably all heard of Medicaid, right? Now, they get confused a lot. All right. I mean, how it's hard to believe that they get confused because, I mean, hey, man, there are only two letters of the alphabet different, right? <laughs> That's true. There are only two letters of the alphabet different. But I'm telling you, they are very different in how they work. And they are way, way different in what they pay for. Okay. Don't make a mistake here because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I'm, I'm going to try and set things straight. All right. So, you know, Medicare is, a, you know, that's something we don't hardly ever deal with. Medicare is, it's a federal program. Okay, it came out in 1964, the, the Federal Medicare Act. And it's the same everywhere. You know, all 50 states, it's the same. And it acts like health insurance. So you folks that are 65 and older, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you're not 65, what I'm talking about is, you know, before you're 65, you have health insurance. You got Blue Cross Blue Shield. You got uh, Aetna. I don't know what it is, but you got some kind of health insurance. And, you know, so if you break your leg, if you fall off the ladder and break your leg like I did a while back, um, you know, you go to the hospital and it's an insurable event. So, but when you turn 65, you get Medicare and everybody gets Medicare Part A and then Medicare Part B you have to pay for and it's kind of a sliding scale, but you pay a premium and there's a a deductible with it. And then most people purchase a supplement to Medicare, which basically pays for the things that Medicare Part B does not pay for, okay? And then there's other supplements you can get like uh, prescription stuff, uh, like add-on riders, okay, that you do have to pay for. That's Medicare, okay? And it acts just like insurance. Uh, Like I said, I'm not going to talk much about Medicare because we don't do that. We deal with Medicaid. Now, Medicaid, that's also a federal-created program back in 1964, the Federal Medicaid Act. But it's operated and controlled by the individual states. Now, each state is bound to operate within the basic guidelines of the Medicaid Act, but each state has the certain amount of flexibility within those guidelines, okay? So Tennessee, like I said before, Tennessee's version of Medicaid is called TenCare. So when you hear me say TenCare, I'm talking about Tennessee's Medicaid. Every state, like I said, has a cute little name for it, and they all have different rules, so, you know, the only rule is 10Care can do pretty much do whatever they want with their, with their Medicaid. They just have to operate within the Medicaid Act. So you can think of it like a, a bubble inside a bigger bubble. And Tennessee can do whatever it wants as long as it stays inside the bigger bubble, where the big bubble is the federal Medicaid Act and the bubble inside is Tennessee. So states are different. Some states are what we call uh, uh, a range state with a minimum maximum on numbers, and some are called income cap states. And uh, there's all different kind of rules on all different kind of states. So, and some states adopt the same rules. So there's, you know, there's about 15 states out there that are very, very similar to what we do here in TenCare in Tennessee. So anyway, the big difference between the two is Medicaid is the only thing, the only thing that pays for long-term care. All right. Now, usually when I say that, when I say Medicaid is the only thing that pays for long-term care, usually somebody, you know, at my seminar will jump up like they're sitting on a spring 
<laughs> and they'll say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, Stan. Wait, hold on there. And Gertrude fell down and broke her hip. And she was in the hospital for a few days. They fixed her hip. Well, they discharged her to the local nursing home. And she was there for a while. And Medicare paid every penny of that. Okay, well, that's right. That's right. That's not what I'm talking about. So let's be clear on this point. Because this is a an issue of misunderstanding and misinformation. I said earlier, Medicare does not, does not, under any circumstances, no way, Jose, not a zip, zilch, does not pay for long-term care. And that's correct. But then you turn around and say, well, Medicare paid for Aunt Gertrude to be in the nursing home. Well, that's true, but that is not long-term care. What happens is if you fall down and break your hip, Go to, the, go to the, the hospital. That's an insurable event. Medicare is going to pay for that. Now, when they fix your hip, you have to rehab, right? Because you got to learn how to walk again. And it depends on what your, they call it a spell of illness. And you have to, it depends on what your spell of illness involves as to what it's going to take to rehab. Well, they're not going to pay for you to rehab in a hospital because that's thousands of dollars a day. If you go to the nursing home, it's only a couple hundred dollars a day, but it's still expensive. But so they discharge you to the nursing home to get care, but that is not a long-term stay. You are there to rehabilitate. Now, the way that works is this. Medicare will pay 100% of your rehabilitation for the first 20 days. And they will pay up to 100 days at an 80-20 split. So I got a lot of people that say, oh, you know, mom's in a nursing home. She's still on her 100 days. Now, I want to caution you, the 100 days is not automatic. It is up to 100 days, and Medicare decides that. Here's some of the things that can cut you short. If you just break your arm and you need to rehab, you, you know, that may happen pretty quick versus a broken hip where you got to learn to walk and everything, okay? So, you know, they may, and they'll send a letter and say, your Medicare terminates in seven days. And here's the date it's going to quit. I've seen many of them. Another way it can terminate before the 100 days is if you refuse or if the person in the nursing home refuses uh, physical therapy. If you refuse it twice, if you refuse it twice, they, they drop you like a hot rock and you get the termination letter. They quit. Or if they just determine that you've had enough time to rehabilitate and your progress has been stellar and we think you're there, they'll terminate. However, if you are there for the whole 100 days, Remember, the, the day 21 through day 100, they only pay 80%. But for most people, their supplement will pay the other 20%. So there's really still no out-of-pocket to you or your loved one until during that 100-day period. And again, that 100-day period is not in the bag. Don't count on it. it. Medicare giveth and Medicare taketh away, okay? But if you're lucky enough to get it, because I do notice sometimes they seem pretty generous with it. So if you do get it, that's not long-term care. After the 100 days, on day 101, it doesn't matter what your health is, what your rehabilitation status is. It has nothing to do with anything. They will stop payment. They will not pay for day 101. Absolutely, positively will not. Now, if you're going, to, if for some reason you're going to stay in the nursing home because you need help with uh, two to three of the activities of daily living, okay? We've got these things they call them ADLs, activities of daily living. Uh, bathing yourself, toileting yourself, dressing yourself, feeding yourself, ambulatory, moving around, 
Uh, I think there's six or eight of them. If you need help with like three of those, you, you, you qualify for a full-skilled nursing facility. So, you know, if you're in a, a facility for that reason and you're going to be there, that's what we call long-term care, not the 100 days or the up to 100 days that Medicare pays for. So if you had that happen, you say, well, they sure paid for everything in the nursing home. They weren't paying for long-term care. They were paying for rehab. So, okay. Um, now, here's this is a point in my when I talk about this where I sort of ask some questions. And, of course, we're on the radio, so you don't have to, you know, call me or anything and give me an answer. They're kind of rhetorical questions. But, you know, I, I kind of like to ask this question, and I'm going to suggest a few answers you might have heard. But, you know, I'd kind of like to know what people have heard, of, heard out there about Medicare. I'm sorry, Medicaid. I just got done saying I wouldn't talk about Medicare, and I don't, uh, just very briefly sometimes. But what have you heard about Medicaid, or TenCare for that matter? Well, I'm going to bring up a couple of things that I hear in my, my office and my law practice all the time. And let me see if they sound familiar to you, as the things that you may have heard. So, now, remember, when we talk about Medicaid, we're talking about the nursing home, okay? And they're, they're very tied together. So Medicaid pays for long-term care, but your long-term care is at the nursing home, right? So uh, when we talk about the nursing home, I'm talking about 10 care. So anyway, so have you heard things like, hey, man, they can come and take your house? Okay. Everybody's heard that. You know, some little old lady and they say, yeah, they they took her house. Okay. You may have heard that. Have you heard that you have to give away assets in order to protect them? I've heard that a lot. People say, i got to give stuff away in order to protect it. And my response is, well, gee, if we have to give it away, it's kind of axiomatic as to why do we need to protect it then? If we give it away and it's not ours anymore, why do I want to protect it? How about the person I gave it to protecting it, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, I've heard that many times. Have you heard that if you do give something away, that you have to wait a whole 60 months, five whole years before you can qualify? That's a big one. hear that a lot. And have, have you ever heard that you, you have too much money? You know, they say, listen, you got too much money. You need to spend down. You need to get rid of this money. You need to give this stuff away because you got too much. You got to get rid of it. You got to get down below a really, really low amount. Okay. Anybody heard that? I don't see your heads nodding, but I will assume that they are because when I give these seminars and ask these questions, all the heads nod. Yes, we've all heard that. Uh, it's all over the place. You don't believe me? Go on Google and you'll get a, a snoot full of it. So, all right. So let me ask you this. Have any of you heard that none of that is true? Okay. This is what I call the Paul Harvey moment. Okay. What was Paul Harvey known for? I know, you, I know you're saying it to yourself. He was known for the rest of the story, right? So see, now you've heard all these things, these terrible things about Medicaid, but what you've not heard is the rest of the story. And that's going to be what I talk about. So, the rest of the story is that none of this is true. I mean, there might be this tiny glimmer or nugget of truth in those things I said, but this is not, it is not what you think it is. If you go on the internet and study law, the nursing home and, and tend care, I'm going to guarantee you 99% of everything you see on there is incorrect or misinformation or um, uh, false information. Now, I don't know that anybody does it to be deceptious. I just don't think they just don't know, right? You can protect 
all your assets and keep from going broke in the nursing home. It is a doable thing. I told you, I dedicated a tremendous number of hours years ago. You know, I probably have a thousand hours in protecting, in perfecting my income only asset protection trust. And I told you at the beginning of the hour that something very similar to that was upheld by the courts in the state of New York. So, so what we do when we say we can protect your property from the high cost of the nursing home, we do it by placing our assets into one of these income-only asset protection trusts. All right? Now, before we start talking about the actual trust, the income-only asset protection trust, which is going to be the main topic for tonight and probably the next couple of shows, um, is that when we talked last week or two about the revocable living trust, okay? The revocable living trust is a trust that protects your assets from probate after death, okay? And this is a great tool. A great tool. A revocable living trust is something that most people need in order to avoid their assets from having to go through all that nightmare stuff of probate. You know, and you've heard me say many times, you know, probate something definitely needs avoidance. So the revocable living trust avoids probate, and it's perfect for adults kind of in midlife, you know, your 40s, your 50s, your 30s maybe even. But the key thing that you have to understand is that there is one big limitation to the revocable living trust, the thing that we just got done talking about for two weeks. The revocable living trust does not offer any protection from creditors. Now, when I say no protection from creditors, I want you to pay attention to this because this is crucial. I'm talking about protection from your creditors, okay? The trust maker's creditors. So here I am, Stan Prochowski, Stan and Tammy Prochowski, and I want to make I want to make a revocable living trust. Okay, actually I've got one, but um, you know, so I want to make a revocable living trust. So I do. Well, that does not that revocable living trust does all those great things we talked about the last two weeks, every bit of them, but it does not protect the my assets from my creditors. Now the creditors I'm talking about, I'm not talking about my car loan or my mortgage. Those people are not creditors until they, until you default and they sue you and get a judgment. I'm talking about my future creditors. And the future creditor most everybody's worried about is the, the, long, the high cost of long-term care, the nursing home, right? There's no protection from nursing homes, which is going to be the biggest creditor we, any of us ever face, okay, or any of the other long-term care expenses. The fact is that if you have a revocable living trust, you can get at all those assets. Okay, I'm going to do a very quick review here. When, you, when we do the revocable living trust, any trust has three parties. The trustor, which is the trust maker, and in a revocable living trust, that's you. All right, the trustee is the person that controls the property in, in a revocable living trust. And if you, during your life, that's you. And there's the beneficiary, the, the person whom this trust is drafted to benefit. And during your life, that's you. So you are all three parties to the revocable living trust. Now, when you have this much control over property, you don't get creditor protection. This is why the revocable living trust doesn't give you, the trust maker, uh, protection over property. Because everything in that trust you can get at. All right? Now, I gave you a definition a couple weeks ago to remember. Not a definition, a concept. That was the one about, you know, if you pass away anything with anything titled in your name, 
you have to go through probate, okay? I'm going to give you concept number two that I want you to memorize. Because as we talk about this, or you think about it later, and you get a little stumped, if you come back to these fundamentals, you will, it'll start to make better sense. And here's the second concept I want you to memorize is this. If you can get at an asset, so too can your creditors, all right? If you can get at it, they can get at it. And this just makes sense. It makes sense because if you have a valid creditor, you can't just put your property into a trust and defeat that creditor. I mean, if you could do that, who wouldn't? And then after that, who would be a creditor, right? So I don't know what you do for a living if you're out there listening to me, but I'm willing to bet at some point or another you were a creditor to somebody. And you don't want to find out that your rights as a creditor are defeated just because somebody opened up a trust and put their, their property in there. You know, that's self-serving. You know, the law doesn't allow that. The law, you can't just make a trust, put your stuff in there, and then when somebody wants paid, you just say, hey, sorry, everything's in the trust. Sue me. Um, you know, that's self-serving, and you can't do it. But the reason you can't do it is because you have access to that property. And if it's in a revocable living trust, you have access to all of it. And if again, back to the, the, con- the concept, if you can get at it, they can get at it. So what we want to create, okay, those of you who are listening to me and pretty sharp, you can see it coming. What we want to create is a concept where we can't get at it. We can't get at the property because if I do, what have we accomplished? If we can't get at it, then our creditors can't get at it. Now, before you panic and say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with where I can't get at it. I'm going to talk about what that means. It's not as bad as you think. There's a concept of access to, to property and control of the property. And I'm going to go over that because you can, have all, you, you can have all the control in the world over the property. We're just going to limit the access. And that you're going to find out that's something that's easy to live with given the protection that we're going to get. So, uh, again, uh, if you can get at it, they can get at it. Ingrain that in your head because we're going to be coming back to that you know, a couple of times. And that's what the whole, that's the grand big picture of what we're trying to create. And that's what the asset protection is all about. So we're going to talk about that. So it looks like we're coming up on break number two. So when we come back, we're going to continue on with this concept of the income only asset protection trust and creditor protection. So stay with me here on Bulletproof Estate Planning. I'm your host, Estate Plan Stan, and we will be right back. This is Estate Plan Stan at Prochowski Estate Law. Here are some of the questions I get asked. Can I protect my child's inheritance from a divorce? Can I protect my children's inheritance from creditors or lawsuits? What if my child has a drug or alcohol problem? Can I protect their inheritance from that habit? What if I have a special needs child that cannot own property? The answer is yes. Call me at 931-363-7222 for one of my family vision meetings. Your family will thank you. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. 
This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital helps countless children in need by preventing pediatric diseases through research and treatment. For the fourth straight year, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram will be donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. With your help, we've been able to raise over $80,000 to help St. Jude with their inspiring work over the last four years. This April and May, join us in continuing to help St. Jude protect what matters most to families at no cost to them. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager at Columbia Ace Hardware. We have changed our store hours to better serve our community. Columbia Ace Hardware is now open from 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 4 on Saturday, and closed on Sunday. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us show you customer service that can only be found at Columbia Ace Hardware. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Hey, this is Brenda Lynn Allen, and you are tuned in to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back from the break. You are listening to Bulletproof Estate Planning. I am your host, Estate Plan Stan. Listen, we're going to continue with this concept of how not to go broke in the nursing home. And I'm, I'm talking about the concept of placing your assets into an income-only asset protection trust. <clears throat> All right. And just before the break, I was saying, okay, I wanted you, you know, I wanted you to memorize this concept that if you can get access to something, 
so too can your creditors or predators, right? <clears throat> so, you know, if, if you can't get at it, then they can't get at it. But I told you not to panic about that because um, uh, it's not as bad as you sound. I and mean, this is, we're going to talk about what it means, to, what you can do and what you can't do and what you have to live with when you create an income-only asset protection trust for the purposes of keeping yourself from going broke in the nursing home. And it's not as bad as you think. But when you think, you know, you can't just put your property in trust and defeat everybody, okay? I mean, you, you, you have to give something up. Now, the way I, when I'm at my seminars, here's the way I do that. I take my left hand and I hold it up high and I say, if you, if you want complete access to your property, then I hold my right hand down low and I say, you don't get any creditor protection. If you want creditor protection, so I raise my right hand and start lowering my left hand, I say, if you want creditor protection, you have to give up access to the property. It is the fundamental nature of property law. <clears throat> and, you know, it, it makes sense, okay? Like I said, if you're a valid creditor, you can't just be defeated that way. So uh, we're going to talk about what it takes to, to be in this situation where we want, where we want complete creditor protection. So you got to give up some control. And with the revocable living trust, you're all three parties to the trust and you have all the control in the world and access of everything in there. So if you've got access, hey, guess what? If you can get at it, they can get at it. All right. Keep keep thinking that and stay with me for the rest of the Paul Harvey moment. Don't panic. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. But by the end of this discussion, uh, next week or the week after, you're going to find out that I can get you as close to having your cake and eating it too as you can possibly get. So um, the, the good news, there's a there's good news at the end of the rainbow here, right? <laughs> so it's a trade-off from control or, you know, access to creditor protection. Now, we have this trust. It's called the Income Only Asset Protection Trust. And it, ha it has that name for a reason. That's a generic name. I mean, you can Google that. And read up on it a little bit if you want. But the income only trust, I like to put it on my whiteboard and show if if you put property into this asset protection trust, this income only trust, and let's say the property generates income, that can come to you all day long. Okay, you can get the income from this property and it, it, that doesn't offend the creditor protection we're trying to build. So a good way to think about this is you can take the income out of this the income is the only thing that can come out of this trust that doesn't screw it up, right? Now, I'm assuming everybody has a good understanding of the difference between income and principal. Because what we're going to restrict our access to is the principal. That's why we called it income-only trust. Income is the only thing that can come out of it and not mess up the creditor protection. You're entitled to any income, but you've got to give up access to the principal. So if you can't get at the principal... Neither can your creditors. That's where we're headed. Again, wait for it. It's not as bad as it sounds. Okay? Now, that's the grand scheme, the Reader's Digest version of what we're going to do. Let me talk about a few things as to um, some of the expenses of you know going into the nursing home. Because if you're going to do this kind of 10-care planning or this asset protection planning, why would we do this? Why would we go to the time, energy, effort, and expense of doing this kind of planning? Well, the answer to that is it's nothing less, the cost of long-term care is nothing less than catastrophic. It is just enormously catastrophic. The average around here is about $8,500 a month. That's right, $8,500 a month. 
And some places I've seen nine, $9,000 a month. Now, let me ask you this. You know what you're worth, right? You know your net worth. Take out a calculator and just figure out how long can you sustain that kind of rate of financial bleeding to death at $9,000 a month. I mean, there's, there's got, you've got to reach a point where there's no more water in the well, right? And it can get there fast for some people. I mean, it's very, very expensive. So we want to plan to avoid that kind of getting cleaned out expense, right? I mean, that'll wipe us out in a year or two. As a matter of fact, you can Google these statistics if you want. But um, it is statistically a fact that 7 out of 10 people, 65 years or older, will need some form of long-term care. Now, we got several versions. we got nursing home. we got assisted living. we got home and community-based systems, right? But 70% of us over 65, and yes, I'm in that category, 70% of us, we've already behind the eight ball, 70% of us are going to go there. Now, here's the really disturbing statistic. That if that wasn't bad enough for you, it gets worse. The, the really disturbing statistic is that 70% of those who do go into the nursing home become impoverished within one year. Now, if that thought doesn't wake up in the middle of the night, I don't know what will. But, we, you know, we don't want it to happen. So we do this 10-care kind of planning, this asset protection planning, all right? All right, so what are the main risks that put us in a nursing home? If we're going to guard against being in a nursing home, what the heck puts us there? Well, the number one is a stroke. I'll go over these real quickly. But, you know, there's 600,000 strokes a year. <laughs> That's a boatload, right? Um, not every one of them puts you in a nursing home, but... A lot of them do. You know, the engineer in me had me figure up, that's one every 45 seconds. Can you imagine that? Anyway, we got a lot of strokes. And a lot of those can lead to nursing home uh, uh, admission. Second one is Alzheimer's disease. One in nine people over 65 have Alzheimer's. So one in three over 85 um, have Alzheimer's. Uh, they need the nursing home facility, okay? Parkinson's is number three. That's another progressive disease. We get a bunch of those. We have over a million of those a year. Uh, the average age for that is like age 60. And surprisingly, osteoporosis is number four. Now, osteoporosis does not oven by itself put you in the nursing home, but that's the one where you have weak bones, and it, it puts people at risk for greater falls. And when they do fall, they tend to break their bones a little easier, broken hips, broken pelvis. So osteoporosis affects folks at the age of around 50. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, that disease just makes us susceptible to falls. And sometimes we just never recover from those and end up in the nursing home. Right. So. All right. Listen, we're about out of time. Uh, and so I'm going to have to wrap it up. But, uh, you know, if, you know, if you hear what I have to say about this asset protection trust and it's piqued your interest, that's great. I mean, that's why I'm on the show here and do it. I'm glad that it's piqued your interest. My mission is to get the, the message out that when it comes to this estate planning stuff, you've got options. You have got lots of options, okay? So if you have any questions, you want to talk about your own family circumstances, I am always happy to answer questions, okay? That's my favorite thing when I come to seminars is to answer questions. You can call my office at 931-363-7222. Or you can go to my website, Estate Plan Stan, and you can set up one of my 15-minute phone calls. Those are great because we'll schedule that. And when I call you, that way my time and attention is dedicated to you and your question. So seminar coming up is uh, 
May 24th, Wednesday at 1 o'clock at 405 West 7th Street in Columbia, Tennessee. That's the uh, West 7th Street Church of Christ, 405 West 7th Street, Columbia, Tennessee. May 24th, Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Now listen, I always say doing nothing has a predictable result. So, hey, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this show as much as I enjoy doing it. I'll be back on Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, next Saturday night at 7 o'clock for the next episode of Bulletproof Estate Planning. And I am Estate Plan Stan. See you next week. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m., right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. If you've got a yard, you may plan on digging in it. Like to build an addition, put in a pool, or bury your pirate booty. But you should know that throughout the country, there may be pipelines buried underground. And if you hit one, you've got trouble. Sorry. So before you dig, call 811 to have any buried pipelines located and marked at no charge. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners have the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. 
Braves. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, whoa.